What's up, beautiful people? It's your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess. I am back with a brand new episode for y'all today. Hope everybody's having a great day. Hope everybody's having a great work week. Hope everybody's just enjoying daytime with their friends and family. You feel me? So, like each and every week, I got a banger of an episode to talk about with y'all. Banger of topics to discuss and give my opinions about. And just like each and every episode, for my OGs out there, you already know how this goes. For my new people, this is why I tell my OGs to do. Grab your snacks, grab your drinks, go grab somewhere comfortable to sit, and let's get right into today's episode. So, first one we talk about on the list is I'm giving my fast lane prediction since fast lane is coming up and it is this Saturday night and I am excited. I can't wait for fast lane. Um, I will say about Fastlane, when it comes to their match cards, this is a little bit late than I than what we usually expect. Because when it comes to WWE, they like to you know tell you what matches are gonna be you know on the on the pay per view, so you don't have to wait you know the last until the last minute to see you know what the uh, what the um, matches are. And for some reason, they waited a very long time to give us the matches, which we already knew what some of them were from the jump. But a lot of them, we just were either just put together or threw together by Adam Pierce, which doesn't make sense. And I don't know if this is, you know, we just have five matches on the card or they're just announcing the sixth one when it comes to Friday Night Smackdown this Friday. Um, I don't know, but... Here are my uh, five predictions for the five matches on Fastlane. So, first one we got, which I think this is the main event of uh, Fastlane, is John Cena versus sorry John Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa of the Bloodline. So I know there is tension rising in the Bloodline, or you know the lack thereof, I should say, between you know Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and uh, also the pussy bitch brother himself jimmy uso and obviously we see a lot of a lot of you know teases how jimmy's trying to act like roman and basically you know once roman roman comes back the actual tribal chief of the group comes back obviously jimmy has to answer to roman and you know he's gonna be surprised i'm like what are you doing why are you trying to be back in the bloodline i kicked you out you're the first one to leave i don't get why you want to come back Solo is like somewhat, he's like being quiet, but he's also observing in the background everything that's happening. Obviously, you know, Paul Heyman does not, you know, like Jimmy trying to squeeze his way back in the bloodline after he's the one who, you know, you know, made the move to eject himself out the bloodline like his, you know, twin brother Jimmy Uso, I mean, Jay Uso. And it's it's a lot of tension between paul and jimmy not much solo because like i said he's an observer and he just likes to watch everything from a distance but um obviously the tension's getting between a, like them two and it's it's getting to the point where john cena is now involved and aj styles was involved but he got taken out by jimmy uso and solo sokoa uh last week or i should say the week beforehand and now L.A. Knight, who was originally supposed to start the feud, or who originally started the feud, was got COVID. Now he's back, and now he's John Cena's partner, and I'm excited for that because L.A. Knight and John Cena in the ring together is going to do wonderful things, you feel me? And I am so excited about this match. 
Well, I, I would say, like, I want to say basically John Cena and LA Knights will come out on top of this one because there's no way in hell that the momentum that John Cena has now that he's back and LA Knights, since he's super over as a baby face, yeah, Solo and Jimmy is not going to touch LA Knight or John Cena. It's going to be upset as well. Even if you try to cheat, you're not going, you know, you're not going to get that cheating tactic of like above or over LA Knight's head, you feel me? So I know on top it's going to be between it's going it's going to be LA Knight and John Cena winning this match. So second match we got on the card, which is Seth Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Shinsuke Nakamura in a last man standing match. This rivalry between L- sorry, watch LA Knight between Seth freaking Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura is really it's golden right now. It's it's really good, and it's it's a golden opportunity because we haven't seen a heel Shinsuke in a minute. We've seen a face Shinsuke for a very long time, but this heel anime, like anime villain type type version of him that we're seeing is something that I really like what WWE is doing. Like really, what I really like what Triple H is doing behind the scenes with him, and. It, it basically brings out another side of Shinsuke that we haven't seen in a long time, or ever, I should say. And this is, like, something that we can see basically a very, you know, a long time from now. You know, this very hit, uh, heel villain version, like, anime version of Shinsuke Nakamura. And on top of that, you know, this over baby face that Seth Rollins is. Him being uh, holding the World Heavyweight Championship. And on top of that, him targeting the back of of Seth Rollins. Because obviously, you know, like every wrestler, you know, you're going to go through your pains and, you know, your bumps and bruises and scrapes. But this is it's, it's kind of just like, you know, the whole Randy Orton incident. Because his, cause his back, with Randy Orton, his back and his spine was bothering him like hell. Um, and now we have the same thing with Seth freaking Rollins where his back... And basically, his lower back, I think, is bothering him more than his upper upper uh, body and his back and his spine. But his lower back is bothering him the most. And he's basically said, I don't know how long I can go on till, um, till I'm done or until I can't wrestle no more. And you can see that's taking a toll on him. So in this match, I would, I would like to see Seth Rollins to retain only because I want his, I want his world heavyweight title run last till WrestleMania of next year. That's the only reason why. Yes, I do want Shinsuke to win. Yes, Shinsuke does deserve to be world champion because he has to get his get back from what happened years back at, you know, WrestleMania, New Orleans. You remember that WrestleMania, the most garbage WrestleMania we have seen right next to the year before that when it was, you know, uh, when it was Roman Reigns versus Triple H as the main event. Yeah, no. (laughs) So I do want to... It, I'm 50-50 with this, but I at the same time, I still want to see Shinsuke come up on top. But at this, at this point, you know, we'll, we'll see who is the last man standing in, in that match, though. Next one we got is Io Sky defending her uh, women's championship against Asuka and Charlotte. Now, I would say, you know, if it was just, you know, Charlotte versus Io, oh, yeah, Io would have lost completely completely she would lost. But now that Oscar was technically thrown into risk thrown into the mix because of Bailey's stupid actions, 
Now she has a chance that she was actually going to retain because her and because Oscar versus Io was actually a really good match on Friday Night SmackDown. It was really good, not going to lie, because Oscar, she's like the type of person who has mid to like garbage matches. There, it's very rare if she has actually really good matches with Charlotte Flair in the mix. If it was just Charlotte versus Io, yeah, she would got destroyed. One hundred percent, she would got destroyed, and we've seen another Charlotte run that probably wouldn't last that long. You feel me? So I'm glad that they threw Oscar in the mix because EO would have a chance to actually retain. But I will say this: once once EO loses her title, it's because of Bailey. Because Bailey doesn't know how to keep her goddamn mouth shut. She doesn't, and Bailey will be EO's downfall. When when EO loses the title because of Bailey, then we're gonna have. I know it's gonna come to a time and a point where we're gonna have Bailey versus EO Sky because Bailey one doesn't keep her mouth shut. Two basically makes decisions at the wrong place at the wrong time. And three, you know, even though she says she's a role model, she technically likes to see everybody's downfall happen. Which, you know, we've seen that with multiple times with, you know, like Mercedes Monet when she was in WWE at the time. So, it's going to happen sooner or later, but will I say I will I say either Charlotte or Oscar will probably win? Maybe. Will Eo probably retain out of them two or out of them three? Yes. I hope she does retain. I do want to see her with a long title run because she does not deserve to have a short title run if you're going to push a baby face like Eo Sky or I should I should say anti baby face at this point because she's basically in between like a mix like a mix between a heel and a face so we she we still don't know what she she is she's like an in-betweener at this point same thing like like Bailey's a full-on heel but heel's like between baby face and heel so we we really don't know with her but um like I said I really I really want heel to retain I hope she does retain at fast lane next one we got is the LWO versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits and I will say, as much as LWO needs a big push right now, I definitely see Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits getting the dub on this one. Because Street Profits, how they've been lately, has been phenomenal. Their heel turn and everything, like, you know, them switching up their attire, you know, them impressing Bobby Lashley, but yes, it's 100% needed. Because we need, we need a new... Hurt business, even though they're not going to be probably called the hurt business. Um, but I know that this is needed for you know to push um Montez and Angela Dawkins as very, very, you know, very, very good heels, or I should say, you know, the top of the line heel type persona. Because obviously, Montez and Angela has been faces since they entered into the main roster. They're they were they had like somewhat of a heel push, but it didn't really do that well. So they had to just switch them immediately back to baby faces. And now that they're under you know the care of Bobby Lashley, we can actually see that full heel persona like come out and you know skyrocket through them. And no matter if no matter what, if the Street Profits are heel or baby faces, I'm always gonna love the Street Profits. The thing is with LWO, they're great as a faction. The problem is, 
I don't see Rey Mysterio leading them for that much longer because he's yes, he's technically the leader of the LWO, but they don't have that star power, like that heel persona as well, like you know, like the start, like the you know the stardom of Bobby Lashley and Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, and the only way you can push, you know push LWO to the stars is replace Rey Mysterio with Carlito. That's the only way it's going to happen. Because as much as I want to see, as much as I want to see Rey get turned on by his own faction, by Santos Escobar, his men, you know, basically his student. And even though they, we could, they could keep on saying like, Hey, he's the student, you know, I love him for death, but we need a push immediately because it's starting to look stale for the LWO. As much as I know this match is going to be a banger of a six-man tag team match, I just know that right now LWO needs a push. They do. And Carlito is their best bet, man. And I hope if they somehow can make Carlito be on Fastlane, I will, I will love it. But right now... You know, between these two teams, I could see Street Profits and Bobby Lashley taking the dub on this one. It's it's pretty much easy. Story mode, storyline standpoint, I can see for both teams. But we talk about match standpoint, it's going to be Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, hands down. And the last match we have on the card for right now, I don't know if, you know, if they have any more matches at coming Friday. But the last match that we have on the card for Fastlane is... The Judgment Day defending or putting their undisputed tag team titles on the line versus main event Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. And yes, there's a lot of people saying, Cody, this is not the right story to finish. Why are they pushing him into the tag team division? That's what I want to know too. I don't understand why they put him in the tag team division because he's not a tag team type of person. Like Jay Uso, yes, that's obviously how he's been in the tag team division for a very long time, and obviously he's getting put back in the tag team division, which is not really needed right now for Jay Uso nor Cody Rhodes. But you know, obviously it's Adam Pierce. He said he's tired of seeing you know Judgment Day, Cody, Jimmy, Sammy, uh, JD, Dominic. Um, Cody Rhodes, he's tired of seeing all eight, all eight of them. So he was like, at this point, I'm tired of it. Now you're going to d- defend your titles at, at Fastlane. No if, no ands, no buts. You're defending your titles at Fastlane. And I'm like, can we just, can we, can you just have them defend their titles against actual tag teams like Alpha Academy or Imperium or Pretty Deadly whenever they come return or, you know, any other tag team that's in the division? Like, come on now. Like, like, what are we doing here? I don't get what we're doing. Like, yes, yes, on paper, this is a good match. Yes, in real life, this will be an excellent match. You'll technically be a four- to five-star classic, like, even. But I know that you're not going to have, you know, Judgment Day lose the tag team titles that they just picked up at Fastlane to main event Jey Uso and Cody Rose. That's obviously not gonna happen. Yes, like it, it, it would make sense if, if Dom lost the title, which we're gonna talk about later on in the episode, and then you have Judgment Day lose their titles, then yes, I can see that happening. But since now Dom picked up back his title 
at NXT, there's basically there's no point of them dropping the titles to main event Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. Yes, we'll see a title on Cody Rhodes for a, for a limited time, for a temporary time, but we just know that Judgment Day is obviously not ready to, 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 to drop the tag team titles right at the moment. Yes, in the head, it makes sense. On paper, it makes sense. In real life, it's 50-50, all right? It, it's 50-50 for me right now. I, I really don't know what's going to happen, but... All I know is that there's a 95% chance with JD in the picture that they're going to retain. That they're definitely going to retain. I know that for sure. But I, me personally, the, the, the fast lane card is stacked. I mean, it is it is looking gorgeous, you feel me? It look, It's looking good. So we will see what happens at fast lane this coming Saturday. Um... Like I said, don't know why they waited a very long time to just put out the cards for Fastlane. They should have probably done that maybe a good two weeks before or three weeks before um, the you know the the actual pay per view. But they waited till the basically the last minute to you know hey we finally got cards like I do don't know why we waited so long but here you go and. Yeah, that that's exactly what happened. Um, that was this is the first L that I've seen WWE take on a booking standpoint since now Triple H's, you know, been in you know, you know the the booking type section of WWE. Um, I like don't know why you waited that long, but you did. Uh, so I, I will say do better because uh, this is this is kind of unacceptable that we're technically only getting five cards for uh, you know for fast lane. I would probably recommend six at least, even though technically the sixth match was supposed to be for the ice you know the IC championship, but they moved it to Monday Night Raw. Still don't know why they didn't move it to fast lane or kept it on fast lane. Uh, probably made more sense if they did kept it on fast lane, but it is what it is at this point. So damage is already done. So we'll just see what happens at uh, at Fastlane this Saturday. So moving on to the next topic, um, if you guys have not heard the news, if you know if you're an OG wrestling fan and also new school wrestling fan, you already knew the the news of what happened at Wrestle Dream uh, this past Sunday, and the rated R superstar Edge, aka Adam Copeland, because he goes by his real name now, is in is all elite. Yes, he is an AEW. Yes, I am very late talking about this, but I want to give my thoughts and opinion on how I feel about this. For for everybody that technically predicted this, including me, since his 25th anniversary, and technically his retirement match. In Toronto, on an episode of SmackDown, we knew that he was going to go to AEW. We just didn't know when, but we knew it was going to happen. And it did happen at WrestleDream. And obviously he was saying that, no, I'm not going to go. I, don't, I still don't know what I'm going to think about. Like, I'm going to think about it, but I'm probably not going to go. And, you know, I want to be a father and all that type of stuff. And after that, when WrestleDream was technically over... And the lights went out, and all I hear is, "You think you know him?" And I and we heard, you know, Edge's theme song. Sorry, Adam Copeland's theme song. 
And yes, they did change up the lyric a little bit for from you think you know me to you think you know him. That's like probably the only thing that's that's changed up. But they kept it, but they WWE allowed him to keep his original theme song, which is awesome. And yes, they kept Metalingus, which I'm also excited about that as well, too. Um, and I'm happy that he is in AEW. I'm a hundred percent happy about it. Uh yes, I am I love WWE, but to see great stars like, you know, Edge, aka Adam Copeland be in, you know, another wrestling company having a time of his life and basically ending his career the right way, I'm I'm all for it. I'm hundred percent all for it. And I, I love to see um I'm definitely all love to see what, you know, have him do. Because I heard next week on um, AEW Dynamite, because now, you know, it was switched to Tuesday because of MLB uh, playoffs. Um, His first match is against Luchasaurus. And that's going to be a fire match. I know his his first match in the company against Luchasaurus is going to be a fire match. I know that. But... I'm here mostly. I'm mostly here to talk about, you know, people that didn't like that he went to AEW. Even though people said they wanted him to go to AEW to, you know, to have him reconnect with Christian and wrestle the Hardy Boys and have, you know, one final one final classic match with the Hardy Boys and you know have him wrestle so much people that he never wrestled before or never heard of wrestling before. And, you know, have fun and actually retire the proper way. And people that did see him go to AEW, and they were like, bro, why are you AEW? Like, why? We wanted you to retire fully in WWE. We want you to come back and actually retire at WrestleMania and blah, 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 blah. And, I, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. For all wrestling fans that hate that Adam Copeland is in AEW because he wants to end his career the right way, and and not, you know, and not be like, yo, when do I go on WWE again to, you know, wrestle another match? Fuck y'all. Fuck every one of y'all. Like, oh, God, because y'all make me sick. You said, or the wrestling community out there, or the people that hated, I'm going to be more specific, but the people that hates Adam Colin going to AEW because he wanted to end it out his career the right way, just like Christian Cage, just like Brian Danielson, Y'all, y'all need help. You're like, stop it. Get some help. Like, like Michael Jordan says, because y'all are dumb and ridiculous at this point. Dude is happy. He literally said in an interview when he came back at Wrestle, when he came to Wrestle Dream, he said, I'm here to stay in AEW and I'm wrestling on a full time schedule. A full time schedule. He wrestled 25 years in WWE, and he's happy with that. He won world championship after world championship, became tag team champion, IC champion, U.S. champion, you know, was in great ladder matches, had great moments in WWE, and gave WWE all he could for those 25 years. Now he's moved on to something bigger and better, AEW, so he can, you know, not be a part-timer. And actually wrestle full-time and enjoy himself doing it. While his family and Beth Phoenix is in the crowd seeing him have a huge smile on his face and actually happy for him. 
And all the people in the comments on Twitter or Instagram was like, why'd you go to AEW? Like, I, I know you were talking about it. I didn't know you were serious and all that. Like, bro, shut up. Shut up. Because none of y'all make sense right now. Y'all wanted him to go to AEW. Y'all wanted to have great matches that he's never had before. Wrestled great people from New Japan. Probably from Impact. Also from AEW. Have some great rivalries like Christian Cage versus Edge. MJF versus Edge, Adam Cole versus Edge, like so, like Chris Jericho versus Edge, like John Moxley versus Edge, like there's great opponents for Edge to wrestle in this new company for him. And y'all mad and salty because you wanted him to stay in WWE. Bro, get the fuck out of here with that, bro. Y'all, I swear, I'm I'm satisfied as a wrestling fan. But for other wrestling fans, I can't speak for them. Because y'all make me sick. Oh, God. Y'all make me sick. Y'all like to dick ride WWE way too much when it comes to some stuff, bro. And this is one of the stuff that I say y'all like to dick ride for. Because this is absolutely dumb. For all the people that love wrestling and love that Adam Copeland is in WWE, sorry, is in AEW doing what he loves, I'm not mad at y'all. I'm not. I'm, I'm basically... Happy that, you know, you're on the side or you're on Adam Copeland's side that he's very happily doing what he loves and basically wants to stop when he feels like he want to stop. Not when WWE like, yo, you're old. You can't wrestle anymore. Leave. Retire. No. He wants to wrestle or he wants to stop wrestling when he feels like he's mentally, you know, stopped in his mind. He's like, all right, you know what? I did what I needed to do. I'm good. I don't need to wrestle no more. He mentally and physically stopped in WWE because he done what he's he's done everything. There was no point of him, you know, winning a, a world or I should say basically a universal championship because one, Roman was gonna stick onto that title for a very long time, and he was not giving that up. We know that. Number two, they were building up other superstars for you know for world for basically all titles. Tag titles, IC Championship, United States Championship. You know, obviously, they're going to strap a rocket to Roman Reigns regardless and have him shoot for the stars and aim for the moon. So we knew that was going to happen. And he was technically only there, or he actually came back to just put over talent. If you think about it, his only reason for comeback was to put over talent for since 2021. So that was the only, and to create basically one of the best factions on Monday Night Raw that we see right now is the Judgment Day. That's the only reason he did that. That's the only reason he came back for two years straight and wrestled on WWE, on live television, on streaming and cable television, was to put over basically new WWE talent for the main roster for two years. Because there is no way in hell that he was going to win another championship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. There was no way he was going to win another championship. As much as people want him to win another championship, including me, I knew that it was not going to happen. I, it, like, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to burst your bubble. I'm sorry that you're mad at me. But I'm telling the truth. He was only there to put over talent for two years, excluding Finn Balor, because he should have won that Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 39. But overall, Edge did what he had to do in WWE. There's nothing more for him to do. Nothing. 
Like, even if he wanted to, you know, still be at WWE, the only thing that he would be able to do after the ring was to be backstage. And we know when it comes to Edge, he's selfish. He does not want to be backstage. He wants to be in the ring, wrestling, put on a smile on not only himself, but other people, and and having people watch him do what he does best. Wrestle. And literally, I don't get when it comes to wrestling fans and basically switching up at the last second when someone that they know and love for a very long time see them happy and they don't see themselves happy because they're not doing what they thought they were like they were supposed to do in the first place. Like it's stupid. I know a lot of fans like the OGs you know, are happy. And there's some of the modern day that be like, you're happy, but I wanted to see you in WWE. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. Suck it up or don't watch wrestling no more. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. But all I, all I know is that a lot of fans should be very excited that he's in WWE. Sorry, that he's in AEW. I don't know why I keep on saying WWE, but that he's in AEW. Like, you got to remember, one, we as the people, or we as wrestling fans, has always loved Edge. A lot of people in the wrestling community loved Edge. And obviously, watching him return at 2021 Royal Rumble, it's it was very emotional. Because he won it, and I'm like, bro, it's been a... It's been basically the second Royal Rumble he has won in the past ten in the past decade, and I you know we love seeing Edge on the screen and everything. And plus, he had a lot of great moments throughout his you know his last WWE run. Yet he faced Daniel Bryan. If you think about, it, he faced Daniel Bryan and and uh, Roman Reigns in a triple threat match at at um at WrestleMania 37, and then. He made, you know, he made the Judgment Day with Damian Priest and um, Rhea Ripley. He had great, he had a great one-year rivalry with the entire Judgment Day, one and a half, to be exact. And literally, he was just putting over talent. And then not to mention a, a great Hell in a Cell match against Demon Finn Balor, the Judgment Day. Even though last year didn't quite you know, go down how we all would have hoped. You know, he did get a rubber with AJ Styles, you know, for a minute. And, you know, obviously, like I said, we did get, like, you know, the faction, the Judgment Day, which was good. But when he got kicked out very early in his own faction, it was kind of stupid, not going to lie. And then, you know, next, you know, we had, you know, a faction that we never knew that basically would blow up how, how big... Um, big at it was Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Like they're very, they're all thriving right now because of who? Edge, aka Adam Copeland. He made them who they are. Except for Finn Balor, Finn Balor got better on his own, but Edge made them better. He basically made them all better. The rivalry with him, Judgment Day versus Edge. The entire Judgment Day faction against Edge, Edge made them into stars. I'm sorry. Edge made them into stars because a year ago, all of them were in shadows. Rhea Ripley was stuck in the tag team division. And I talked about this before. Like, Rhea Ripley was stuck in the tag team division. Damian Priest was a jobber, and we didn't know what WWE was going to do with him next. 
Finn Balor was just, you know, jumping from title scene to title scene, but he was not going to win any titles because we didn't know because WWE still didn't know what to do with him. And then Dominic Mysterio was in his father's shadow for a very long time period of time. So you can thank Edge, Adam Copeland, for basically basically putting Judgment Day on the map and giving them basically the star power, what and all the basically all the star power they need to be great wrestlers how they are right now as a dominant faction on Monday Night Raw. And you know, now that we have Adam Copeland in AEW, bruh, all like I said, all the rivalries, all the matches we can get with him on there is gonna be really good. Really, really good. And this is what like Adam Copeland said on his social media not too long after he, you know he debuted in AEW. This is what he had to say. He said, I don't buy into the odd mentality of one company or another. It's weird. If you took offense to that, take a walk, get some fresh air, and soak up some sunshine. It's wrestling, an amazing gig. But still, it's wrestling. Relax. It's supposed to be fun. And honestly, with that, I pretty much agree. I 100% agree. When it comes to wrestling, yes, they're putting their bodies on the line. Yes, they're basically doing their in everything in their power to make you have a smile on your face. But they're all doing it for fun like they're all like yes a lot of them take this seriously yes this is their life yes this is their you know what they do to make money but they do it to make us happy and adam is doing that completely and i love what he's doing and there's another thing he said he said i never wrestled at wrestle kingdom at a tokyo dome and the amount of matches i could see with Edge versus technically the entire New Japan Pro Wrestling roster. That will be fun alone. Alone, those will be all classic matches that I'm looking forward to. And when when Adam decided to shimp shim to AEW, WWE was even mad. They they literally said that he literally said this. I guarantee you, I guarantee you this. They're not mad. I received so many texts from the office. They're happy for me. WWE cared, doesn't even care that he, you know, that he went to AEW. He's, they said, as long as you're happy, as long as you're doing what you love, we don't care. Do what you got to do, bro. And I 100% agree with WWE with this one. Why would WWE be mad for their top star that has been in the company since the late 1990s to... Maybe, maybe like 2000s, early 2000s, to jump ship to another company that they've been rivaling with for four years and immediately hate the dude because he jumped ship to another company. Bruh, that, that makes zero logical sense. And that's just being petty if y'all do that. Like, if whatever, whatever, like, wrestler you had under your company and it's not working out for them and they want to go somewhere else or they feel like it's time for them to go somewhere else because, you know, they want to explore more options, that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that. But to sit there and criticize a legend like Edge because he jumped shit to AEW because just because y'all don't like it, bruh, grow a pair of balls and stop complaining. Edge is doing it because he wants to do it. If y'all don't like it, kick rocks. Sorry. Point blank, period. Stop acting like a baby. If you don't like it, 
Turn off the TV and stop watching wrestling. I don't know what to tell you anymore. I made my point, and I made my and I I proved my point. So if you don't like me, I don't care. But speaking of the you know Adam Copeland being on AEW, and what I, since I talked about um, AEW being on Tuesday next week, this is gonna be a war, and I mean this is gonna be a war because. NXT is on Tuesday. <laughs> NAW is on Tuesday. And this is this is gonna be the battle of the views. Because Edge's or Adam Copeland's net, uh, first match, like I said, is against Luchasaurus on Tuesday of next week. And next week on NXT, WWE ain't playing. They is Petty for this. So petty for this. I don't know why they have to be so petty, but they're so petty for what they did. They announced that it's going to be Asuka versus Roxanne Perez. All right? And if that's not enough, we have Cody Rhodes make an announcement on NXT. If that's not enough, we have the main event of NXT, Braun Breaker versus... Carmelo Hayes, renewing their rivalry from standing the liver back in April. But that's not the kicker. In Carmelo Hayes' corner, we have John Cena. In Braun Breaker's corner, which is technically the next Paul Heyman guy. Paul Heyman. Obviously, because, you know, rivalry boiling for Fastlane. But I just know... That this is this is so petty from WWE, and I mean so petty. This obviously, I am gonna be watching AEW, and I am gonna be watching NXT. I'm gonna be basically flipping back and forth between channels to watch both to, to watch both episodes because I do want to see Edge's. Uh, I do want to see Edge's first match in AEW, but I also want to see all the matches on on um. NXT next week Tuesday. But if this doesn't scream petty from WWE's end, I don't know what does because dog, just this is all just to beat Adam, bro. Adam. Yes, like yes. WWE is taking a massive L. Sorry, not a massive L. They're taking a massive W. W. Can't even talk right now. I think Right now, I'm sorry, Tony, but you're taking a massive L on this one. As much as you picked up the rated R superstar Edge from WWE and put him over to AEW, and yes, we're going to technically have his first match and technically rivalry, rivaling with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus and the, the entire his entire of his faction. This, I just know that this is where WWE said, you know what? Since y'all got Adam, we're not mad, but we're going to be a little bit petty on this one. And you decided to technically relieve four main roster talent on NXT just to help at NXT for tonight. I don't know if it's going to happen for the next, for the, you know, down the line till MLB playoffs is done. But I just know that the pettiness is very high and the tension between AEW and WWE is very high right now. Very high. And I'm and I'm like, bruh, this is bruh. 
WWE can't doesn't want to take an L. Viewership, they're not going to take an L, obviously, because everybody's going to tune in to to the WWE just because of John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman, and Oscar. And I'm telling the truth. Like, yes, there's going to be a lot of you know NXT people, NXT watchers, and everything, but. A lot of the OGs and everything is going to turn on the TV and be like, oh, crap, John Cena's on NXT. Oh, crap, Cody Rhodes is on NXT. Oh, crap, Paul Heyman's on NXT. And watch the, watch the viewership immediately go up and destroy AEW at this point. Because as much as you have Adam Copeland on AEW, and yes, he's technically going to put up numbers, it's not going to be nowhere near as much as his numbers the NXT's going to put up on next week, Tuesday, man. Like I said, pettiness at its finest. WWE does not care at this point. It's like, yes, you know, we're happy for you, Edge. But you're not going to beat us next week, Tuesday. Let's be honest, man. You Like, we're happy that you exploring options. But I'm sorry, bro. We're still going to explode the AEW because we don't like you like that. <laughs> we don't like AEW like that. And on top of that, they're doing this all on Tony Khan's birthday. Which is hilariously funny to me, man. They're doing all this on Tony Khan's birthday. Clearly, Adam Copeland's first match against Luchasaurus. On top of that, Tony Khan's birthday. WWE does not care at this point. They don't care. They don't even care if they, they hurt like Tony's feelings at this point. They really don't. They just be like, yeah, yeah, we're just, we just gonna do you dirty. We we don't we don't really give a fuck. And that's what they're doing, Bruh, This. This is not going to be living down. This is not going to live down in Tony Khan's head. This is ever. This is forever going to live rent free in Tony Khan's head. Because once next week Tuesday rolls around for both AEW and WWE, that viewership, that money, whoop, it's going to go skyrocketing. Same thing for AEW. It's going to skyrocket, but it ain't going to skyrocket heavy like NXT will. No, it won't. I'm telling you that right now. No, it would not skyrocket the way NXT will skyrocket. Okay? It's not. It, it's not. I'm I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not. It's, man, WWE's so petty for that. They, they are so petty for that. And I do like what they're doing, again, with, like I said, with um, Braun Breaker and... Carmelo Hayes, especially the main event. I am definitely looking forward to the main event. As much as I'm looking forward to Cody Rhodes and Oscar fighting, you know, Roxanne Perez, I'm, out of all things, I'm looking for this main event. The main event of NXT is going to be golden, man. Golden. And, you know, a lot of people, when they said that, oh, we're going to have like, oh, we're going to have Roman Reigns on there? And then people's like, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> and I'm like, imagine if actually Roman Reigns came to NXT, and I'm like, bruh, if, if Roman Reigns came to NXT next week, before his return on October 27th, before Crown Jewel, I'm sorry, AEW is obliterated. It, it, viewership would know, it will, will be nowhere near WWE if that actually happened. And we all know that's not gonna happen. You know, a lot of people excited like myself. I was, I was actually gonna like, I was like, bro, Roman Reigns gonna be on NXT. And then when I heard like, ah, he's not gonna be there. But just, just imagine, just quick second, just imagine Roman Reigns 
on NXT for just a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes. Not, not a full 30, not a full 20, maybe like 10, maybe five minutes. Maybe, maybe slivering it 15 minutes. He he's probably gonna have the mo- like one of the most few videos for that night on YouTube, on the WWE channel, on WWE's YouTube channel. I'm sorry, it that would happen, and I'm like, God, the, I was like, the pettiness is strong here. The the, the, the Lulu is strong in this situation here, cause I'm like, I, I if that happened, I'll be like, yeah, you you just couldn't. You just couldn't get AEW break, could you? You just couldn't do that, can you? You just had to obliterate AEW just just by having one of the top heels in your company. And I would be like, you petty goddamn idiots. And I just, I know money standpoint, it's merch, titles, everything would skyrocket to the moon. A lot of things would probably be sold out just, just by watching NXT alone. And, but either way, even even Roman, no Roman. This is going to be one of NXT's biggest, you know, live recording tapings of all time. And most viewed live tapings of all time. It's going to be the truth. We probably, yes, maybe back then we've seen some live tapings that, you know, that reached a good amount of views. But this... Pacific live taping of NXT? Obliterate any episode of NXT that had the, the highest viewership. Like I said, John Cena. Paul Heyman. Cody Rose, the American Nightmare. The Empress of Tomorrow. Asuka. All I said, imagine, like I said, imagine even if you think about it, for example, imagine even main event Jey Uso. Skyrocket. So Sokoa and Jimmy, because they're probably going to show up more likely. Skyrocket. If Roman Reigns actually made an appearance at NXT, obliterate. There, it's not going to skyrocket. It's going to obliterate AEW. Obliterate. Even if your main event of that night is... Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus, which is technically will be the main event of that match or of that night. Obliterate. N- numbers is n- is nowhere near existence for AEW when it comes to NXT for that night. So I will say NXT, WWE, Shawn Michaels. Y'all are petty for this. Petty. P-E-T-T-Y. Petty. For this. But also a genius move at the same time. Petty, but genius. Sorry, just telling the truth, man. Like, woof. Don't don't know why. Don't know why WWE is the way they are. But you can't hate them. You just got to love them. And <laughs> that's uh, that's what we see right here. You, you can't hate them. Can't hate them from this move. It's a brilliant move. Brilliant move. The most pettiest move I could ever see. But... Really good move at the end of the day. Man, AEW is going to be obliterated next week, Tuesday. <laughs> now, speaking of NXT and WWE, NXT No Mercy was this was this past Saturday. And 
WWE took a massive dub. A huge W when it comes to No Mercy, man. Each and every single match was five stars. Do And please, people that watch this or listen to this, do not quote me about the kickoff match because I was not here for the kickoff match. I just know that uh, Gigi Dolan did uh, came out of nowhere and attacked uh, Blair Davenport because I heard that Blair Davenport did win her match, but I didn't watch it. So I know that they have a match next week, Tuesday on NXT. I know that um, that's happening. But besides that, the rest of the matches the, for the actual card, fire. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Each and every match was a five-star match, in my opinion. Can't speak for everybody else, but each and every match was a five-star match. And I'm here to give my thoughts and opinions about each match that happened at No Mercy this past Saturday. Starting with the first one, the starting match. And the basically, in my, in my opinion, one of the best matches on the card because all of them are bangers. It's, it's kind of harder to... To develop which one sucked and which one weren't uh, didn't suck because all of them was fire. But one of the starting matches of No Mercy, Braun Breaker versus Barry Corbin, fire, a fire opening, basically a fire way to open a show like No Mercy in Bakersfield. That crowd, that match, mwah, Chef's kiss on God. From the way as soon as Barry Corbin even come even in the ring yet. Plus, I did like Baron Corbin's entrance, him on motorcycle, him on the motorcycle. So it's kind of given a little bit of like, like uh, American badass Undertaker when he, you know, when he, you know, does the bike entrance and everything, the motorcycle entrance. And Braun Breaker, I don't know what the hell he was wearing on his head, bro. It looked like a, 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 a entire furry type of, entire, like an entire furry type of a, uh, face covering, I think. I, I don't know what the heck this man was wearing, but he was wearing something crazy. And the match didn't even start, and this dude literally did a moonsault out the ring, and they were just brawling outside the ring. Literally throwing each other in the barricade, going into the like the crowd, wrestling in the crowd, fighting in the crowd, going back over over the barricade, and dude got literally crossed, like crossbowed and crossbody in, back into the crowd, which was funny. Like Baron, as soon as Baron Corbin came up, just whoop, Braun Breaker just came out of nowhere and just put him back in the crowd. And they're fighting a little bit out in the crowd as well again, and then came back into the crowd. And then Braun Breaker looked like he was about to spear this man. Baron Corbin came out of nowhere and choke slammed this dude into, into, into the announce table. And then Baron Corbin came out, not Baron Corbin, Braun Breaker came out, came up out of nowhere looking like Undertaker. Literally did the famous, you know, he rises up like Undertaker. And I'm like, dog, did, did this dude just do Undertaker's like famous signature, like, like stand up, like get up as soon as he gets hit with a, a very dare defying move. And then I'm like, dude, this dude just turned into Undertaker for a quick second. <laughs> and, and as soon as, as soon as the match started, bro, they, they were, whew, they were brawling Heavily hard. Heavily hard. I think Braun Breaker just, like, lifting up, like, sitting up like Undertaker did was fire. That was one of my one of my favorite moments during that match. And the match didn't even start yet, too. It, it's what's funny. The match didn't even start yet. And as soon as, as soon as they started, ding, 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 match took off. 
Baron, Baron, uh, uh, trading blows. Braun Breaker throwing and sh- like sharing blows. Like, dog, that match was fire as hell. And then next year, I think towards the end of the match, literally towards the end of the match, all we see is uh, Von Wagner's manager came out of nowhere, distracts um, Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker turns around, end of days to Braun Breaker. One, two, three. Corbin picks up the win. And, dog, it, honestly, I thought that rivalry would go on a little bit longer. And I, it's it's kind of sucks that it's not. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit glad that it's a one-and-done type rivalry. But at the same time, I at least want to see, like, a second match with a stipulation added involved. Even though they can both they can both pull off a great match without any stipulation, which we can see that from Baron Corbin and from Braun Breaker. They can pull off a great match without even needing weapons and stuff in around the ring or, like, under the ring or anything like that. And it shows that Baron Corbin, when he comes back to the main roster, unstoppable. When Braun Breaker comes to the main roster, he's he's... He's spearing everybody in half, everyone in half, including maybe she a little bit shocks to the head at, you know, Roman Reigns. Just, just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. But when that time comes, bruh, they both deserve a, a run on the main roster. Baron Corbin deserves a second chance on the main roster, man. But again, Braun Breaker, when he comes to the main roster, destroying everyone in his path. Just saying, but... Dubs, kudos to Baron Corbin picking up that win against Braun Breaker in an amazing starting match to start No Mercy. Next one we got is Trick Williams versus Dominic Mysterio and special guest Dragon Lee for the North American Championship. And and what was very surprising, but we all we all knew that this this was gonna happen, but at the same time we didn't. But Trick Williams, Mr. Whoop That Trick himself, beat Dominic Mysterio to get the North American title off of him. And wonderful moment for Trick. A wonderful, wonderful, excellent moment for Trick Williams. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Trick deserved that North American championship. Oh, God, he did. He worked his butt off for that North American championship. That one, number one's contenders match for a North American championship was fire. Even though he he like he won and no one knew what the hell was happening, but he still won at the same time. Bruh, Trick Williams can go in the ring from from where he was when he was just Trick when he was like Carmelo Hayes' lap dog and just his lackey to where he is right now when he won the North American title against Dom Mysterio against Dirty Dom Mysterio at No Mercy. This already proves that yo Trick can succeed on his own. Trick is that dude. He is him. Carmelo Hayes is him, but Trick Williams, he is him. Oh, God. And he proved it at no mercy. Yes, Dom did his shenanigans, even though there is no Rhea. There is no Finn Balor. There is definitely no Damon Priest. There is not, not even no J.D. McDonough. It was just Dirty Dom on his own, defend the title, you know, try to be, you know, tr- you know Eddie Guerrero's son, you know, trying to, Trying to fulfill, fulfill his destiny, become the most dominant NXT champion of all time, or NXT North American champion of all time. And Trick Williams came out of nowhere, took the opportunity when the ref was down, hit this man in the face with his running knee, like kind of, you know, a lackluster Brian Danielson running knee, but took a chance, hit him with the running knee of his own, hit 
my boy Dom in the face with it. One, two, three. A little bit of a slow count, one, two, three, but still got the one, two, three and picked up the win to become the new North American championship or new North American champion for three days. I will talk about that, like this entire thing and going into my next topic, but I do congratulate, you know, I do congratulate um, Trick for getting the win. And yes, Dom did everything that he possibly can in his judgment day brain to retain his title, but the crowd, like Dragon Lee, luck was on Trick's side. There's no way in hell that he was going to lose this match. No way in hell. And he deserves it. You know, he whooped that trick for a reason. And he's called Trick Williams for a reason, you feel me? Congratulations for Trick for being on top. And, yes, I will talk about my thoughts and opinion for the next three days. Or talk basically talk about what happened on NXT like this past Tuesday, and you you know you'll see why I'm kind of upset about what happened to Trick after that. But next match that we have on the list is the Fatal Four Way for the NXT Tag Team uh, Tag Team Titles, and it was Tony Stacks, sorry, it was Stacks, Lorenzo Stacks, and Tony D'Angelo defending their titles against Out the Mud, OTM. Creed Brothers and Humberto Carrillo, or um, Humberto Carrillo and uh, Angel Garza. This match was also fire. This tag team title match was also a banger of a match. I loved it, hundred percent loved it. And not gonna lie, like I I did like it. You know, it was kind of slow in the beginning, but it picked up towards the end. And I will say that this, even though I did not know that Tony got injured. Did not know he was taking out the match. Don't know what he landed on. Didn't know what. I was just, I just knew that this dude came back out and ref was on him. And he was like, bro, I'm going in. I'm finishing the job. And I'm like, wait, did this man get injured? Legit get injured? Like pulled a Bianca Belair and, or technically did the kind of the same thing like Bianca Belair. But the only thing Bianca Belair got pinned after she won their title. Just saying. But I will say this. Like Tony, bruh. That spine buster to Humberto Carrillo or Angel Garza, I don't know. One of them got the spine buster, and that spine buster was devious. Oh, my Lord, that spine buster was insanely crazy. I I really did like it. It, it was a chef's kiss spine buster. And then another, uh, another moment um, in during the match is when the Cree brothers and Stax and D'Angelo, basically all four of them, hit suplexes off the top rope. And the ref was in the middle, not phased. You know, he fell a little bit, but not phased at all because I literally thought he was going to get knocked out by at least one of the people that got suplexed. And I'm not going to lie, Out the Mud is, is, is a crazy tag team. I'm not going to lie. Even though I haven't really seen them wrestle before, they wrestled on NXT Level Up, which I really don't really watch. I don't watch at all. So I don't really know them because they got known from there. And then, you know... <laughs> I think I think that was their first match. If not, someone please correct me if I'm wrong. If they had a first match already on NXT, but um, Out the Mud is not that bad. Even though they're ma- they're managed by scripts, Out the Mud ain't that bad at all. I really like their I really like that tag team. 
But my dude was wrestling in some like Jordan Retro 13s. I'm like, that's crazy. But I can't really say anything because, you know, Kofi wrestles in Jordans all the time. And obviously, Finn Balor wrestles in Jordans as well, too. So, I mean, wrestling in sneakers is kind of a norm now in the wrestling community. They don't really care what you're wrestling now as long as, you know, you know, you're safe about it and it's clean and you're wearing, like, stuff underneath. Then, you know, you're straight. You're straight. They don't really care what you wear on your feet as long as you're comfortable as hell and actually, you know, can run and do whatever, you you know, you want to do in them. But I would say, bro, Out the Mud is crazy for a tag team, man. They huge. They, they swole. They, like, they Puerto Rican, I think. So they, they swole as hell, bro. And they held their own. They held their own against the three other tag teams, especially the Cree brothers. And I do like when uh when Julius, I think it was Julius, when Julius risked it all and did his famous, you know, Julius ball, his, his famous ball, his cradle. Uh, that was a fire moment. That was a fire spot. And I think one of the uh, one of the uh, people on Out the Mud did get uh pinned by uh. I think it was Tony. Yeah, I think it was Tony Stacks pinned one of the people from out the mud, and they retained their title. Like I said, tag team title match, fire, fire, loved it, really did love it. Um, I hope, I hope uh, Tony does get a uh, better because he did look like he and he literally either fractured something because when he was he was he was hobbling back to the ring, and on top of that he was you know, hopping on one leg, wrestling as well, too. So I hope he gets better. Hope he could get to that taken care of. But either way, that fatal four-way was fire. So congratulations to Stax and D'Angelo for retaining the tag team titles. Woof, because that was a brutal match. I'm not going to lie. Next match we got on the card, which is the Heritage Cup Heritage Cup match. Butch versus uh, Noam Dar. This, this match was crazy. Crazy as hell. I liked it. Th- this match was crazy. Even though Dar, as usual, cheats because they're cheaters. That's what they do. And I like, I really like that Dar and um, Dar is really great in the ring. I will say that for sure. He's really great in the ring. After seeing him for a very amount of time, uh, amount of time in the ring out of all the matches that he wrestled. He's really great in the ring. He's really fast. Does a lot of cheap shots, not gonna lie. But he's really great when it comes to the ring. And Butch is just quick. Quick on his feet, man. It's Butch at the end of the day. You know, the most, probably the most brutal brawling brute on the team, you feel me? In the faction. And to see that he was cheated out of this because Wolfgang and Gallus technically ruined Butch's, you know, he was about to win the, the cup, but, you know, ruined his uh momentum, or I wouldn't say that's the right word, but you know what guys I'm talking about. Basically, ruined his chance at getting the Heritage Cup and bringing it home to uh to the Brawling Brutes, you feel me, on the main roster. And now we got a tag team match, Gallus versus Tyler Bate and Butch. Or we're probably if not, we're probably gonna have a six man tag team match for uh when it was R- Rich Holland, Butch, and Tyler Bate versus Gallus. 
but you know it's going it's going to be a you know just a regular tag team match and Noam Dar obviously the cheater that he is steals a win basically steals two wins and is still the Heritage Cup champion and I'm not going to lie as the Heritage Cup champion himself not going to lie metaphor is also growing on me for a lot of factions that I just didn't care about a lot of factions now in NXT are either or teams are A, growing on me, or B, I just don't like them, period. And Metaphor is like, they're cocky, but I'm actually starting to like them, not going to lie. Just like a lot of other factions. It's like, eh, you're all right. But when I see you wrestle more, you, look, you know, you actually look pretty good. So I do like, uh, yes, it's, Don, it's, it's Dar, so he's going to cheat to win. But that that's Dar. Like, y'all going to hate him. I don't, you know, I don't really... I should say fond of liking him, but he's good in the ring. I'm just saying. But Dar did pick up a win. He did pick up a steal against Butch. So uh, we'll see what happens if he's ever going to drop that type or he's ever going to drop that Heritage Cup. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Next, uh, the next match of Five Star Classic, a rematch for the NXT title, Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov. You thought their first match at Great American Batch was fire. Nah. This match? This match at No Mercy? Fire. Fire. They were going at it, man. It And this was a five-star classic. You could see the power between Carmelo Hayes and the power of Ilya Dragunov, man. You, you could tell that Dragunov was desperate to become NXT champion. And I mean desperate to become NXT champion. Real talk. And he showed up, showed out, and left everything on that mat. Left everything in that ring. And Bruh came out on top and became the new NXT champion. And you can tell he... And after the after that, the stand of uh, ovation between Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov was crazy. Crazy. And even though I did want to see Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams both leave No Mercy with titles, you know, one of them got to give up the title. You know, it's that's kind of how they do uh, black wrestlers in WWE, not going to lie. They never have a long title rank, which sucks. Um, but I will say this. I definitely will say this. Ilya Dragunov is him. Yes, I'm saying this again. I know Carmelo Hayes is him, but Dragunov, right now, this dude is him. He is him. Put off a wonderful performance against Carmelo Hayes at No Mercy. A wonderful performance. And you can see that he put on a wonderful performance, man. These two was pulling off everything that they pulled off at the Great American Bash a month ago. Everything. More like two months ago. But still, you know what I mean. And it showed. It showed that both of them wanted this NXT championship. Carmelo Cage wanted to keep that North America. Sorry, he wanted to keep that NXT championship. Ilya Dragunov wanted that NXT championship. He was dying, desperate to get that NXT championship in his grasp. And when he finally got in his grasp... He's not letting go. He's not letting go at all. 
drag we seen Dragonoff's potential when he was NXT UK, a dominant NXT United Kingdom champion. And now we're gonna have him as a dominant NXT champion. Deserves it. Deserves it. Deserves it. Deserves it. A hundred percent deserves it. Carmelo Hayes will have some tension with, you know, Trick Williams going into, you know, later on in the year or the rest of the year. But all, all I know, at the end of the day, I 100% strongly feel that Carmelo is ready for the for the main roster. 100%. He has everything. Main roster capability. Can fight in the ring. Is good on the mic. Can deliver great matches in the ring. And it sh- it shows. It show it completely shows. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm sorry for y'all. I'm 100% sorry for y'all. But my dude, Carmelo Hayes, gets a standing ovation for me. He 100% gets a standing ovation for me. I'm not going to lie. After he lost that title and he apologized to Trick and everything, not going to lie, after that, he was literally staring at the North American Championship. And I'm like... Are we going to have a tension between Trick and Carmelo now that he now that he lost the title? And now everybody's putting doubts in, you know, Carmelo Hayes' head. And this, this is going to be a crazy feud between Trick and Melo. I know that's going to be a crazy feud between them two. It, it's going to happen. The feud going to happen, but I know that feud going to be crazy. But either way, shout out to Ilya Dragunov for getting the dub at No Mercy in a five-star classic match. Mwah. Masterpiece, you feel me? Masterpiece. And the last match we have, that was also a five-star classic match on the card. It was Becky Lynch defending the NXT Women's Championship against Tiffany Stratton in an Extreme Rules match. This Extreme Rules match was fire as well, too. This this was the main event of, of No Mercy, but it was fire. Fire. Like all that, like the moments. Let's talk about the moments. Literally, Becky Lynch coming out of nowhere at the Bob Wire. Becky Lynch spraying her with with a fire extinguisher. Tiffany Stratton doing a wonderful swanton off the top rope onto Becky Lynch, who was up that was on a pile of chairs. Literally, I think we did uh the man like the Becky slam onto Barbie dolls on broken up Barbie dolls. Pun because she's a Barbie. Um, bro, everything about this. And then I think she did her famous uh I forgot what type of I forgot her signature. I literally forgot Tiffany Stratton's signature, but she did, you know, if you've seen her signature and you've seen her like, you know, go through the barricade, like that's what I'm talking about. That's I was like, okay, I've never seen this type of, you know, thing before where you actually go through the barricade, and I'm like Yes, the barricade thing was a little bit, little bit lackluster. I'm not gonna lie because you know you're supposed to go with the full barricade full force, not like that, and it kind of just bloop on its on its side. But you know, I I it's a thought that counts. It's a thought that counts. Not gonna lie, that's the only downside I have about that. But everything else, the match was phenomenal. Match was five star golden. Not gonna lie, and to see you know the manhandle slam. On steel chairs, ay ay ay, that hurts. But you like 
nothing in, in the women's division, no move can top that swanton, that beautiful, silky, smooth swanton that you see from Tiffany Stratton. And I'm like, ooh. And not going to lie, a lot of people wanted Tiffany Stratton to win. She wanted, A lot of people wanted Tiffany Stratton to regain her women's, her NXT women's title. But at the same time, I wanted Becky Lynch to retain that title. So I'm like, I want to see Becky Lynch have it for at least a good couple months. You know, it doesn't have to be till, you know, stand deliver next year or Vengeance Day next year. It doesn't have to be till that. But at least have it maybe till like the end of this year. Probably like a little bit after Survivor Series. And then you can lose it before Royal Rumble or something like that. But I would I would be 100% glad to see... Um, glad to see Tiff, uh, Tiffany Strata regain her title, but honestly, I'm on, I'm on 100% glad that, uh, she retained, that she definitely retained. And after that, the no mercy was done. So congratulations to all the people that, that won, that retained the title, that Trick Williams did win his, uh, North American championship. and. Honestly, we'll see what happens. So now speaking of, you know, No Mercy and Trick Mello winning the NXT North American Championship, what what was the point of Trick of Trick Williams literally winning the NXT North America Championship just to lose it to Dominic Mysterio 3 days later? That I'm 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 still uh still still not happy about that. Why why would you set up an I won't say North American Championship contenders match, but I'm more it's more on the point like why would you have Trick win just for him to lose it back three days later on NXT? If you wanted. If you wanted like Dominic or just the entire Judgment Day faction to succeed in general, you should have had literally you should have had Dominic to play dirty tricks as usual, hit him with the title, knock him out, throw the title out, and pin him so he can retain his title. But instead, you have him beat Trick, which we're not gonna lie, it was a great moment. I did love that Trick beat Dominic Mysterio, but I'm not. I'm not happy why you have him lose to Dominic three days later and have him fall for the babyface trap. Like, literally. He he showed up on Monday Night Raw two days after No Mercy. And obviously he had an NXT, he has an NXT North American Championship match the next night and literally... Dominic, Rhea, JD showed up where Trick Miller was, where Trick Williams was, literally said he won't be alone. Next night on NXT, showed up with Ilya Dragunov. Mello comes out, literally said, you can't do this alone. I'm going to have your back. Dominic's stirring up the pot. And then Trick Williams is like, I have to like I, I love you I love you Carmelo but I have to decline that offer knowing good and well that you are going to lose at in the main event 
And that doesn't sit right with me because you this is this, this is my inheritance problem with WWE. You they like to build up baby faces so much to the point they lose in a matter of seconds. Just just seconds. And there's like this is plenty of reasons that WWE has done this in the past. And plenty of people they've done this to. Plenty of people they've done this to. And I'm gonna pause for a second and talk about just just Mustafa Ali because technically Mustafa Ali was supposed to win the North American Championship at No Mercy, but he was fired before the before the No Mercy North American Championship match even took place. And on top of that, Mustafa Ali was literally cut out of very like many many great moments. And the this this is being number three, the top two, literally. Literally, he was in the elimination chamber match, right? And he got injured. Kofi took his place. Then Money in the Bank, he was about to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Brock Lesnar's theme music came out. He got basically thrown off the the ladder, and Brock Lesnar wins. No, and knowing good and well that Brock Lesnar was not even in the match, let alone qualify to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So tell me this, and and I, I and I'm I'm gonna say this, bro. There's like I'm, I'm gonna say this before I say the like continue with the whole mellow trick thing. Mustafa Ali was underutilized, was terribly. He you build him up just to break him down. Doesn't make sense, like, and it sucks. The same thing that they did did to like Mustafa Ali is the same thing they're gonna do with Trick Williams, and it's gonna happen. And we, what's funny about this? They're stirring up the pot with the whole thing with Mello and Trick not becoming friends no more, and gonna you know and be a rival with each other, which I'm not, you know, I'm okay with that because I'm going to be happy when that comes around. But I don't understand is that you book him to lose after he wins the title three days later. Like, three days, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, either A, either A, you have Dominic Mysterio retain his title that was terrible. You have Dominic Mysterio retain his title at no mercy. And then you have no no cracks in the judgment day. Everybody's good. JD's still slowly trying to get in there. You know, like Priest and Finn is still on good terms. Like Rhea Ripley and Dom is, is on great terms. And, you know, you have maybe, and then you have like the downfall of Trick and Mellow Gang. Or B, you have him do the same at no mercy. You have him lose to Trick Mello at no mercy. You have him lose to Trick Mello again three days later on NXT. And then and then you still have your downfall with between Trick and Mello gang, between Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, and the tensions there. And then you also have the tension between Rhea Ripley, Mommy, and Dirty Dominic Mysterio, 
J.D. McDonough still trying to sneak his way in there. And Finn Balor and Damian Priest not being on good terms, let alone Damian Priest hating on J.D. McDonough. And that's technically four to five storylines right there. But no, you choose the route to have the good old babyface fall for the trick and literally lose, even though he knew he was basically going to be set up to lose regardless. And I don't, I don't get WWE literally doing their babyfaces dirty. You can book heels like it's no tomorrow, but you can't book babyfaces for some reason. For some reason, y'all are too lazy and can't book babyfaces to save y'all life. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to say this, and y'all might hate me. Tony Khan can book babyfaces better than WWE's booking team can book babyfaces. And you can see it. It's there. Somewhat their booking is kind of terrible, but still, babyfaces in AEW strive a lot longer than babyfaces in WWE. Let's go be completely honest. And every time you have a long-term babyface or try to do a long-term babyface, people's like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm so bored of him being a babyface. When is he going to turn heel? When is he going to turn heel? And yes, some people are better than heels and they are babyface. If they tried and it'd be like, yeah, I'm not good as a babyface. All right, cool. We're going to keep you heel. And, but the people that know can be a babyface and can do well as a babyface, you put them in this stupid bubble and you make them be trapped in there and do and say the dumbest things and make them fall for the dumbest traps just to lose their momentum like a couple days maybe to like a week to a month later like do i have like say for example like um what, what's the one person I'm matt cardona when he was in when he was in wwe and he was over like hell he was over like crazy and then what did you do they had matt cardona win the United States Championship just for the crowd to shut up. And when he did, he was over like hell and then lost maybe like a couple of days to a week later. And that's like, I understand that they're not trying to do that, but in this type of light, it's looking like you're doing that. And this is bad for business. Terribly, terribly. You build his momentum up so much just for him to lose his entire momentum three days later. And honestly, and honestly, I was looking forward to the downfall of the Judgment Day. Because no, get, don't get me wrong. I love the Judgment Day. I love them as a faction. But I was looking forward to their downfall as the Judgment Day. Not going to lie. Because once Dom loses title and couldn't retrieve it back, and then say, for example, if you had... Dom lose his title and could not get it back this past Tuesday night on NXT. And on top of that, you have Saber. And then, for example, you have Finn Balor and, and Damian Priest lose the Undisputed Tag Team titles at Fastlane against main event Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. And then the only person left standing with the title is Rhea Ripley. Yes, it makes them look like the bloodline, but at the same time, good storyline and good storybooking. Because after a while, the booking between them is like you have the tension of JD 
trying to be in the group. Damian Priest still hates his guts. You have tension between Finn Balor and Damian Priest because Finn Balor wants to side with JD and be like, hey, bro, JD is good for the team. And Damian Priest doesn't like that. And Damian Priest doesn't like that. Finn Balor siding with JD. And that causes tensions between them. And not, not to mention the whole thing with Dominic, you know, and Rhea Ripley. That's the downfall there. And then next you know, next you know, probably Dominic sees the errors of his ways, realizes what type of person he becomes. And then later on in the year, maybe like to next year, he sides with his father again. And then they, you know, they all good. Even though he has, you know, it's trust, their family, but trust in his father again. Then bam, you know, the dissension and the downfall of, you know, of the judgment day is right in front of our face. And then next, you know, you have, you know, Judgment Judgment Day member Damian Priest cash in on, on um Seth freaking Rollins and he becomes the new world heavyweight champion and then Finn Balor sees that as like, you know I'm like bro why are you world heavy you know world heavyweight champion and then then there you go you have a feud between Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the world heavyweight championship and bam that happens and there you go you have a feud. For the next couple months, for the next couple pair of reviews between Finn Balor and Damien, Rhea hates the hell out of Damien. Uh, sorry, Rhea hates the hell out of uh, Dom's Dom's guts because not only Dom can't fulfill her destiny or basically can stay in the group if you don't have a title, but gone back with, with you know with his father after everything that happened, and then JD you know trying to still be cool. With uh with Finn Balor, even though the entire group has broken up and you know they want nothing to do with each other no more, and then on the NXT side of things, you have the whole thing with you know basically Trick is you know Trick is mad because Chris like because Carmelo uh Carmelo Hayes was not by his side, and then Carmelo Hayes brings up where were you when you know I lost NXT title at at No Mercy and blah blah blah, and then next and it goes from there. And the tension rate is so high that it may be like a good three three pay-per-view rivalry match going on. You know, one at Deadline, probably one at Halloween Havoc, and then like another one at Vengeance Day of next year. And bam, there you go. It's a long-lasting rivalry that's maybe going to last a few months, maybe up to like half of a year. So, and there you go. That's that's how if you're gonna do it, you gotta book it right. Something like that. Probably not exactly like that, but something like that. Like it's it's hard for you for it's hard for us fans to trust a baby face or to be like, yo, this is gonna be great for you know, gonna be great for Trey, it's gonna be great for this person, just to have them lose, you know, an important match like that in the next in the, basically in the next couple of days. And then kill their entire momentum. And I don't understand why WWE always does this to every single babyface they do. Chances, they give, you know, they throw them chances. And then WWE, on the booking standpoint, always lets them, lets them down, like, hard. And it hurts my, and it hurts my guts. It hurts my heart. Because just, just for a person like that, like, trick like Trick Williams to be over with the crowd every single week, every single week, day in and day out. Every time his his music hit, 
his music hits, we'd be like, whoa, that trick. Hey, whoa, that trick. Uh, whoa, that trick. And then Booker T comes in the background. Whoa, that trick. Yeah, whoa, that trick. Uh-huh. Whoa, that trick. I like it. Oh, yeah, man. Like, and you week in, week out. We hear that. We love it. We see it. And then you pull this stupid mess right here. Doesn't make sense. If you want to see someone fail, just say that. Just say that. I'm just saying, a lot. I mean, am I mad that that Dominic Mysterio is now a two-time NXT North American champion? No, I'm not mad. I'm just upset the way they did Trick Dirty. Technically, if, if you think about it, they did Dom and Trick Dirty at the same time. Like I said, if you wanted the if like I said, if you wanted Judgment Day to go on his downfall, have Dominic Mysterio not win back the NXT title last like this past Tuesday. And then if you want the downfall between Trick and Mellow Gang, just have Trick Williams not win the uh the North American Championship this past Saturday. Simple. But no, no, they they couldn't do that. So let me see. I know even even if WWE sees this, which they're probably not, but even in a miracle they did, they're not gonna listen to me because they're gonna do what they want. And it's it's sad to see how they do baby faces dirty each and every single time. I'm tired of it. I wish they will change their ways when it comes to baby faces, but they're not. They're not. They're they're simply not. They said, and like trip and like always Triple H says like those, you know, basically those I forgot the whole type of saying he said, but he's I'm guessing something something those something to wait. Basically, if you wait for the right time, it will come. And we wait for the right time and it comes and it lets us down very, very hard. Uh I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, we just we'll just happen. We'll just see what happens when it comes next week on um on Monday Night Raw and NXT next week Tuesday, and possibly maybe even Friday Night SmackDown like this this coming Friday. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. And speaking of WWE and Monday Night Raw, the last thing I want to talk about is my boy. Johnny Gargano being back at Monday Night Raw. And what does that mean for us, fellas and ladies? DIY is back, baby. Yes, sir. And I'm excited. I am completely excited that DIY is back, bruh. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, they're coming for them tag team titles. They're coming for the undisputed tag team championships if you guys don't remember diy back in the black and gold era woof then y'all new school fans out there (laughs) you don't know anything about this team right here you don't know nothing about this team right there when they won the first ever nxt tag team championships bruh Bruh, bruh, that was perfecto, perfecto, and then when DIY broke up, when 
Tommaso Ciampa hit that first, hurt that first blow, caused the ascension and the breakup into DIY. Not gonna lie, I was distraught. I was upset. I was sad, but it made for a good rivalry between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Do I want them to break up again? I really don't. I really don't because we all miss DIY. Because when Gargano, when uh, Johnny Gargano went basically MIA for a couple months, we're like, bro, this they had this man on TV, on TV for a couple months. You could have done like you. They, I mean, they did a way. They did the way reunion, but it didn't hit. It didn't hit as much as we saw Johnny Gargano help out his buddy Tommaso Ciampa. And now we have DIY versus Imperium, I think, next next week, Monday, on Raw, I think, and I hope we do, because I want them to climb them tag team, you know, the ladder of, of tag team uh, contenders and be the number one contenders for the for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships. And honestly, there's a lot of contenders in my mind. And if they and if I feel like Judgment Day should do this right, they should have a fatal five-way tag team match. And and it should those and those uh undisputed tag team titles should be in a ladder match. And here here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. If you bring back DIY and have them win the right way, well, they technically already been bring them back, but if you have them win the right way, and here's the teams I see: after the Judgment Day, DIY, Pretty Deadly when they come back, the Street Profits and Imperium. If that does not sound like a great ladder match, I don't know what is, bro. That match would be fire, fire. Not no Fatal Four Way, not no you know Gauntlet match, not no turn, not no Tornado Tag Team. A fatal five-way ladder match. Five teams. One, or I should say two tag team titles. Two sets of tag team titles to be exact. And we're doing the best of the best. Pretty deadly. Yes, boys. The Street Profits. We want the smoke. Imperium. The Judgment Day and DIY, bro, and that sounds like a, like a WrestleMania type thing, bro. That literally sounds like WrestleMania, like a banger, classic, five star ladder match. And it's been a minute since we've seen Tommaso Ciampa uh, win gold. It's been a minute since we've seen my boy. J, like JG, Johnny Gargano, win some gold. It's about time we, it's about time we have them start winning some gold, racking up the gold. You feel me? Because these these boys right here, man. Not only we see them as future, like undisputed tag team champions, but we got some future, like we have some future world champions here. Because Tommaso Ciampa, when he was a two-time NXT champion fire when johnny gargano is uh basically a grand slam champion in nxt one time nxt champion two time north american champion one time tag team champion with johnny with sorry with tommaso champa 
bruh, it only gets better from here. It literally only gets better from here. And I don't know why they waited so long to, you know, to basically turn on the switch to have Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, like, re- like, like, reunite again. I don't know why they waited so long, but I'm happy that they finally did it. Like, bro, we missed Johnny Gargano for a minute, man. And I remember when he came came to the main roster, I mean, people, like my, even myself, loved him. They loved that he came to the main roster. And then when he had, like, opportunity after opportunity, I wouldn't say, like, opportunity after opportunity. It's more like he got a lot of opportunities, except that they just never really – they never really just decided to be like, you know what? Let's, you know, let's pull the trigger on him. Let's pull the trigger on Johnny Gargano. Like Johnny, if you think about it, Johnny Gargano could have won the United States Championship like last, like earlier this year. Why did I say last year? Earlier this year in the Elimination Chamber, that could have happened. But no, they want to solidify some theory. Nothing wrong with that. But to basically wait to push Johnny Gargano. But as soon as as soon as Tommaso Ciampa hit the main roster, legit, as soon as he hit the main roster, and obviously you make him do whatever he has to do on the main roster, and then as soon as Johnny Gargano hit the main roster, you can literally build up a storyline to have DIY come back together. Literally, that's all you had to do. All you literally had to do was build a storyline where Tommaso Ciampa. And Johnny Gargano, you know, they miss each other, but you know, they don't they don't miss each other like that. And then you build their bond with each other, like how you're building your bond between NJF and Adam Cole. And then you build their bond with each other. And their hatred from the past turns into, you know, kindness and they miss each other, all that type of stuff. And then you make them a tag team. You know, you you make them you technically make them officially a tag team again, like you did on Monday Night Raw. And Bam! There you go. They're they're in the tag team division. They're back. People love them, and they're going after the tag team titles. But they wait. But they wait till you know, obviously, WrestleMania to become, you know, become the new undisputed tag team champions. And obviously, like I said, you put in the ladder match, or you can put in a fatal four way DIY. DIY Imperium, the Street Profits, and the Judgment Day, and then like and then like it on top, you know, either Johnny Gargano pins Finn Balor, or Johnny Gargano pins the Street Profits to become the new undisputed tag team champions, and then obviously you know you have your other matches and all that stuff. And then next night on Raw, they show up as Undisputed Tag Team Champions, you know. And then, obviously, Finn Balor and Damian Priest has their own set of problems. But you see the Street Profits come on Monday Night Raw. And, you know, they issue a rematch. And then, you know, there you go. You have your first rivalry right there. The Street Profits, the Bobby Lashley, and you have DIY undisputed tag team champions there you go and you set up your rivalry from there like diy has meant so much to black and gold especially as singles competitors johnny gargano 
like I said, Grand Slam champion, Tommaso Ciampa, two-time NXT champion, one-time tag team champion. And obviously, you obviously they're both great singles competitors. We we know that for sure. We definitely know that. But why would you wait so long? Why? I don't understand why you waited so long to bring back, you know, Johnny Gargano. I would never, never wait that long to to bring back a dominant, you know, tag team like DIY. And you know, it's been it's been a minute, bro, because the last time they won tag team gold was 2016. 2016, they won tag team gold. So it's been a very long time. And if and then if you want to do that, you can like split up the, you know, after Imper- not Imperium, but after you DIY wins the tag team titles, the undisputed tag team titles, then you can basically make new titles for them and then have a and then on on Friday night SmackDown they get the new set of titles and there you go. And then honestly, there and then bear, there you go. That you know, they're they're basically tag team champions on Raw, and then whatever whoever grabs the tag team titles on SmackDown, probably at the next pay per view, they're gonna they can hold a tournament for it, and you know, you can have basically Street Profits versus Pretty Deadly, or Street Profits versus um, or basically anybody that's on SmackDown, because I don't know you know the tag teams like that are on SmackDown besides Street Profits, LWO, and Pretty Deadly. And then on Raw, you can have um, the Judgment Day try to get back the tag team titles, but they fail. You have Imperium, a, a real tag team, try to get the tag team titles off them. Alpha Academy as well, too. Uh, the Viking Raiders. There's so much tag, like, so much tag teams you can put there. And, you know, the DIY can go for days on days on days end or just or just months on months on, on months and you know they can wait to maybe drop gold again, maybe till maybe uh, WrestleMania forty one, maybe like oh day, maybe like a couple months before WrestleMania. But I want to see them hold tag team gold for a very long time because they deserve it. We haven't seen them hold tag team gold in in technically less less than ten years. It's been like probably eight eight years. To give or take like seven, eight years. So I just really wish that right if, if they're gonna build them right for the tag team scene, please don't like literally please don't fumble on DIY. Because we've been waiting for a DIY reunion for a very, very long time. And if they literally fumble if they literally fumble this, I would never forgive WWE for that at all. At all. Because the top two teams that need a tag team title push right now is DIY and the... Ju- Sorry, DIY and I'm about to say the Judgment Day. No, Street Profits. They, those are the only two teams I see with tag team pushes right now. But overall, I'm happy... For that, you know, we have DIY, a a very great, basically a very exciting tag team group back in a WWE. And 
We'll see what WWE does for them, both Johnny and Tomasa. And, you know, I hope WWE can push them to greatness because we all need it right now for the tag team division. But overall, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for everybody to listen, vibe, and chill with me as usual. I love the support. I love I love just y'all just vibing with me and chilling with me. Like it's, I appreciate it. I never beg. I never be a chooser. I just support. I also, I love the support that y'all give me each and every time just for the views, for the plays that people click on and just, you know, everything on the YouTube page. I appreciate it. Will I come back on the YouTube page soon? Yeah, I'm just, yes, I will. I'm just working on some stuff, you know, at the home, at my house, you know how this goes, you know, you know, stuff goes, but each and every year, I always come back stronger. I always come back more better than I was before. And it's not going to stop me. 2023, we going to stop. It's never going to stop. When 2024 comes, you're going to go work harder than ever. Same thing goes for 2025 and so on. We going to the top. We never, ever going to stop. You feel me? So, like I said, it's your boy Antoine TV, too, the host of Organized Mesh. You can follow me across all social medias. Antoine TV, too, across my YouTube page. Across all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, OD, uh, ODM official across, or ODDM official across Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Organized Mess on YouTube. You can follow me, the you can follow the podcast page on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor if you have, or any or anywhere podcast is, you know, is played from. But I hope everybody has a great day. Hope everybody has a great night. Hope everybody has a a great work week and I hope everybody has a great weekend upcoming weekend as well too so everybody stay safe be careful out there peace y'all